welcome to the Preston Minster podcast. We want you to find your home, find your purpose and transform your city. It is such a pleasure um, to be speaking to you today on Student Sunday. Um, looking at me, you think, oh, it's a long time since that guy was a student. It wasn't all that long ago. Um, what I've been doing a bit of studying, but I would just want to really encourage you guys today to, to really press in. So let's start by, by looking at the Word of God together. If you've got a Bible in front of you, if you've got it on your app, turn to the book of Philippians, New Testament, and chapter 3 and verse 7. This is one of those amazing passages um, where, where Paul just reaches and goes for it and just says how much he loves Jesus. Um, and it's in the background of Paul talking to a church that has got sidetracked and got diverted. And Paul's very clear about that. He says, actually, you know, these, the guys that have been speaking to you, they've been speaking to you about kind of legalism, which means you can find righteousness in God through obeying the law. And actually, you, you've got to tie yourself into some of those practices um, that the Israelites always do if you really want to be accepted by God. You've got to get circumcised and Paul makes no bars about it. He says, they are so wrong. And he is quite abusive. He refers to them as dogs, as mutilators of flesh. Don't go down that track. Everything has been won for you in Christ Jesus. He is your righteousness. Don't go backwards. Don't get distracted. Press on into Jesus. So this is where he's speaking from now, verse 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, but I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is head, I press on towards a goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, if there's ever a drop the mic moment, it was out, but I'm not going to drop this mic because Joe, our worship leader, would come onto a stage and drop kick me. These are expensive items. But what a powerful piece of passage. What a powerful piece of scripture. Now, with students, I want to, I want to dig into this. And, and this is a bit of advice I've got for you. It's, 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 it's good whether you're studying, whatever you're studying. It's good for whether you're pressing in to God if you've got distracted in your life in Christ. And it's simply this. Fight for focus and find freedom. Fight for focus and find freedom. If we, only, if we want to find a freedom that we're looking for, we only will find that when we find focus. It is about keeping the main thing the main thing in our walk with God. But when we hear that word freedom, 
What are we looking for? I, I want you to tell, I've been fortunate enough to get quite a bit of study in my life, so I'm going to tell you a tale of two degrees and two types of freedom. When we hear freedom, I think we, we hear the, the one that we try to, we're sold so much, which is freedom is being able to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. And I'm so old, I, I studied way back in the... And um, there, was a, there was a popular band around at the time, a Scottish band, great band called Primal Scream. And they have this song called Loaded. And they sampled like an old film from the 50s, which is about teenage rebels in it. And um, somebody's interviewing these teenage rebels in the film. And they say, what is it that you want to do? And they go, so we want to we do whatever we want to do. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. And that was it. And that is freedom, getting loaded. And if I'm honest, that was my, my first degree. My first degree was a series of going from one loaded moment to another, getting high any which way I could. And that, in the end, was just not freedom. <laughs> I was doing the things that I wanted to do, but I felt the weight of responsibility and thought, you know what? I remember back to the heady days of my, my GCSEs when I was quite a smart fella. I was quite focused. I was on it, and I loved that, but I'd lost it. I got distracted. I got diverted, and it ended up being a chain around me. I thought I was free, but I really wasn't. So there's that type of freedom. Do whatever you want to do. There was a type of freedom that comes from discipline and focus because focus produces flourishing within us. So my second degree, I got to study theology. I got to study all about God at a great college down in London. And I was focused for that. I was kind of making up for what had happened in my first degree. I was disciplined. I wasn't like reading those theology books all night long. I kind of have this like watershed at nine o'clock, but I was disciplined and loved it and loved celebrating that little bit of intelligence that God would give me. So even in the third year, I remember being part of a dedicated study group and learning. I had, had posters, I had like pictures and, and little postcards all around my room of all the big, nice, chunky theological quotes I wanted to learn going into my exams. I learned them off by heart. It was a point of flourishing for me. There was a type of flourishing, there was a type of freedom that comes from mastery and comes only from focus. Any of you who have mastered a musical instrument will notice. I remember learning the guitar for the first time. There's, there's not a lot of freedom in the way that I was playing. I was learning like scales and you, you have to focus in on your fingers where every different finger is going to try and find that scale. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. It's, it becomes really difficult. But the more I focused, the more I practiced, the more I said, this is my goal. I want to learn this stuff the freer it became. I could just like, you know, I wasn't quite, back in the day, one of those like genius guitarists, you know. I was, I was never going to be an Eric Clapton. But it was a freedom that came in playing that I didn't have before from focusing. We know this when it comes to focus that distraction is the enemy of growth and focus brings flourishing. If you want to find the time when a student house is clean and sparkling, go there during exam revision time. You probably remember that, don't you? You know, if you've got to revise, you've got an exam coming up, that's the time you find to do the hoovering or to make your way through the, the biological experiment that is the kitchen. Clean it up because actually that's a worthwhile thing to do and ooh, I'm not sure if I want to do all there is revision 
Distraction is the enemy of growth. And focus is freedom because it brings flourishing. And we know instinctively that we only find through that path to focus, that place where we find flourishing, where we find freedom, where we find that thing that we want to become, the different person we want to be, we only find it through a fight, through fighting for focus and leading that way. And for so many Christians, the reason we're, we're not free from a lot of a fear that dogs us, we're not living life and life to the full, the kind of crystal clear, beautiful, clean water life that Jesus promised us is because we're distracted by so many things. Something's got a hold of our heart that isn't that goal that Paul talks about here, that is Jesus. So how do we fight? How do we fight? You've got to disarm your distractions. You've got to focus on those things that are keeping you distracted and diverted and not making the main thing the main thing and disarm them. So let's look, take some fighting lessons from Paul. Gave you a little bit of a background before, but, but Paul is saying, I have no confidence in legalism. I've got no confidence in keeping tied to all the things that I think are really going to please God and make me righteous before him. Those things I consider to be distractions now. I consider them rubbish. This powerful language that Paul uses. I'm not going backwards. I'm straining to press on because there's no way I'm taking my eyes off the prize. Verse 7 again. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of a surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. This is Paul keeping his eye on the prize and having tasted a little bit of the freedom that Jesus has given him, saying, I want more. He's tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And he says, I don't want a little bit. I want an absolute feast. And this expression, a surpassing greatness. Surpassing greatness. It's, it's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, you wake up. We're on the way to Christmas, aren't we? I can talk about Christmas. You wake up on Christmas morning and you've got whatever. In my household, it was a pillowcase at the end of a bed. That's a good size, like Christmas sack to wake up to, full of presents, a, a, a pillowcase at the end of a bed. And you reach in to that pillowcase and there's one present. And you reach in and there's another present. And they each keep getting better than the one before. Wow. For my back in the day, it was all Star Wars. So I've opened my little tauntaun that you can like, put like Luke Skywalker in to keep warm because he's dying on the ice planet Hoth. But then the next president is a Millennium Falcon. And it just keeps getting better. That's what Paul's talking about here. Is that your Christian experience? But as you go in week by week, year by year, you just keep unwrapping these huge gifts because you're recognizing what it is that you've been given in Jesus, surpassing greatness, surpassing knowledge. Yeah. Then Paul says, I consider those things garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. I consider those things garbage. He looks to the things that distract him. He's got his eyes on the prize, but he's also looking to those things that distract him and saying, what are they really worth to me? What are they really worth to me? We have uh, this little team. You might, not have, you might not We don't talk a lot about this team. Um, we haven't done like a big sign up for this team 
This team is called the Puke Patrol. It's a, it's a, it's a term of endearment. It's a fond term. Um, but it's for, it's for guys who go out around the building because we're in the middle of pub and nightclub district and clear out the little presents we've been left on the steps at the front of a church in the morning. Broken glass, all that stuff. I want you guys to be safe on your way in. But we've got, we're ready for it. We've got our shovel. We've got our sand. But, whoa. And that's what Paul was talking about here when he's talking about the things that distract him from keeping his eye on the prize. He treats those things with disgust and says, why would I want that when I've got this? Those things that distract me, distract us in our lives. Paul's day-to-day, hour-to-hour, minute-to-minute life has a ready focus that kicks into touch any temptation to rely on anything other than Jesus. There's a switched-on focus to Paul that immediately identifies anything that is going to distract him from reaching his goal that he's straining towards, that he's pressing towards. I wish I could say the same about my life in Jesus. So how does he disarm his distractions? It is that left hook, right hook, and we just described it, but part of the same combination move. As you, as you downplay and dismiss the things that distract you, you, you upsize the prize. You downplay those things and say, those are the garbage. But you keep your eyes on the sparkling prize that is Christ and say, oh my goodness, this is it. He is the one. He is the best of existence. This world, this reality, this cosmos, eternity, it's all in this one person. As John refers to it, what we found in Jesus was, was the zoe, that Greek word which means divine life, eternal life. We reached out. We were able to touch it with our own hands. We could hardly believe it. He walked among us. And that's what we have found in Jesus, the divine life which is now a part of us. Keep that prize in your sights. So it's no wonder that he presses on. It's no wonder that he's so keen to take a, a fledgling church, a young church, and say, just, just edge away from those wrong beliefs that are just going to distract you from what God has actually accomplished for you in Christ Jesus. Edge away from them. Ignore them. That's why he gets so angry and frustrated, because I went that way, and it achieved nothing for me. Following the law, being one of the best at following the law, that accomplished nothing for me. I was transformed, says Paul, when I encountered the risen Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. I can't do it. My Jesus can do it for me. This language doesn't really sound like freedom, does it? It sounds a bit like being, being slave by something. You strain, you press in, you run, you keep your eyes focused, and you deliberately turn your back on distraction. It sounds a little bit like the language of slavery. So how come Paul sounds like a man set free? It's because he is. He's full for his focus, and he's found freedom in being wholly obedient to Jesus Christ and loving him with all his heart, soul, and mind. It's very tempting to, to, to use a language and to, use, to say, you know what? 
if you, if you want to find self-realization, if you want to find self-empowerment, you know, the, the self that you want to be, the new you that you want to be lies on the other side of unshakable focus. And that is true. But Paul's not in this for self-embetterment. He's not looking. His goal isn't saying, you know what, I just, I just want to be the best that I can be. I want to be the best version of myself. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm pressing in. That's why I'm straining. That's not Paul's goal. Paul's goal is simply Jesus. It's pressing in to know everything that he can about our rich life in him. So where's our focus? Where's our focus? I love this little illustration. It's one of my favorite ones. And it's, 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 it's simply about focus. There's a, there's a teacher who's got a, a big glass jar in front of a classroom. Um, and he's wanting to illustrate, pressing in and focusing. So he, so he takes big rocks and puts them in this this big glass jar right to the top and then he says to his students is it full and they look at it and they go yeah 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 that's full then he takes little pebbles and starts putting them into the glass jar and of course they take up the spaces between the big rocks and he says is it full and they're kind of thinking um, well yeah we're not sure anymore and then he takes sand and pours that in and it finds all the little spaces between the rocks and the pebbles. It says, is it full? I say, yeah, it looks pretty full now. But then he takes water and pours that in and says, is it full? You say, yeah. And he says, yeah. And that lesson is very simple. If you don't put the big rocks in first, there's no way they're going in. So when you think about your own life, is it full with a lot of little distractions and you just realize there's, there's no space for the big rock anymore? <laughs> I recognize when I signed up for this, I said, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. You are it. You're the king of my life. And my number one goal in life is to love God with all my heart, soul, and strength. Is that the big rock that is in there? or over a lot of little distractions, and you suddenly realize, you know what? I look at my life, and there's no space for that big rock anymore. There's no space for that priority and that focus. So many things distract us. The trivial things, the life on the phone, the screens. We're, we're an age that's charged with so many distractions. I mean, it used to be that old saying with the devil, is in the detail, meaning that if you don't pay attention to the detail of a situation, you might come a cropper. You might get caught out. But it seems to me that in the 21st century, the devil is in distraction. And our enemy is very happy that Christians, by and large, in the Western world and a lot of the world over, are simply so distracted that they're not focused in on pressing in for the prize. So disarm your distractions. Take a reality check. In good essay language, do the compare and contrast. What is this thing that's distracting me? Is it really worth all that in terms of pressing in for the prize?
those words from Paul again. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of a surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. All the victories that we're looking for in our lives, but as part of being Christ's church here in Preston, can be found through careful consideration. Paul uses that word quite a bit in this passage, I consider, I actively take a look at those things in my life which are distracting me and say, that's garbage. And then I take a look at the prize. I consider Christ in all his beautiful fullness and say, that's what I'm pressing him for. That's what I'm straining towards. That's the race that I'm running we upsize the prize. And this word that knowing that Paul uses here, it's, a, it's an intimate knowing of Jesus. It isn't a surface knowledge. It's not a head knowledge. It's, that's what I've tasted. Walking with Jesus intimately. I met him on the road to Damascus, but through his spirit, I walk with him every day. And that's what I want more of, to go in depth in that relationship, my walk with him. So imagine if we were able to say this, the faithful at Preston Minster consider everything a loss because of a surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus their Lord, for whose sake they have lost all things. Fight for focus and find your freedom. Thank you so much for listening to the Preston Minster podcast. We'll see you again soon.